0: Visit RobertHalf.com today.
1: This is Fantasy Football Today from CBS Sports. On his
2: way to the end zone. I'll tell you what, I was a spectacular
1: play. It's time to dominate your fantasy league.
2: What a play! Off to the races! Touchdown! Oh, he's done it again!
1: Now, here's some combination of Adam, Dave, Jamie, Heath, and Ben.
0: Free NFL Draft mailbag. Got some Dynasty questions. You want your Dynasty answers before the NFL Draft? That's fine. We're going to answer them. Fantasyfootball at CBSi.com. See if we get some tweets that are rolling in now as well. I put a tweet out there. We also have the worst Twitter poll of all time to talk about at the top of the show because we have some big news. Antonio Brown, re-signed by the Bucks and Teddy Bridgewater traded to the Broncos. I'm Adam Azer with Heath Cummings and Chris Towers. I feel like we haven't heard from Chris in a while. Hey, Chris.
2: Hey, guys. How's everyone doing?
0: I told Heath, uh, and you, I guess you were there too, blew a tire out today. First time I've ever done that. Really sucked. So, I guess I've been better. That's not fun. No. I'm sorry. That was today? That was today. That was was a few hours ago. Yeah, ruined our day. Wow. Mm I'm really sorry. um, That sucks. I take no
1: joy in this whatsoever.
0: (laughs) It's funny to look at my car. It's just, you know, like, very lopsided. How, Um, like, were you near your house? I was. I was... Uh, okay. 30 seconds, so was able to get home. <laughs> Maybe shouldn't have. You but were
2: going somewhere.
0: We were going, yes. We were venturing out it's, it's for a birthday, and uh, we were going to be kind of out there in public for the first time in, in 15 months, and I blew my tires, so <laughs> oh, some other time. All right, well, anyway, let's get to the fun stuff here. Heath put up a Twitter poll just now. You have a playoff roster in 2021 outside of quarterback and it just went away. So uh, what did it say? Who, which one are you taking Sam Darnold? Which,
1: which one do you choose Sam Darnold drew lock Teddy Bridgewater or C results. And when you said this was the worst Twitter poll of all time, I hope what you meant to say was this is the worst group of voters in a Twitter poll of all time, because for some reason, Sam Darnold has received 48.1% per- of the vote. I don't understand at all.
0: Hey, let me ask you a question. Where would you... Before before you even answer, I'm just going to tell you that what I'm going to say after is going to make you and everyone else that answers this question privately look bad. So, where would you rank Sam Darnold in this quarterback class? Um... That's an impossible question to answer. 6. 6, okay? Chris, you want to Like
1: if I was drafting in this class and Sam Darnold was suddenly available in the draft, I would take him
2: 6th. <laughs> right. Well, weird yeah, Amongst but the that's quarterbacks. That's because you well, He's seen younger play than for, half the quarterbacks. Well, if you've you're seen just him evaluating play for three them. years. Yeah, well, right. what would you do, Chris? I would probably take any of the quarterbacks ahead of him, but or any of the big 5 at least just because you know, the mystery box element of it. Yeah.
1: But if it's Sam Darnold, like the Donald most likely the prospect, outcome
2: for. Yeah.
1: The, well, the well, most likely, the likely outcome for Lance
2: is, is he's probably worse than Darnold. Yeah. So. Um, yeah.
0: Yeah. I just saw, I just thought it was interesting that Mel Kuyper Jr. said if you put Sam Darnold in this draft, he's the second best quarterback. So I'd maybe, say third.
2: Yeah. Okay. What that makes me think is maybe this isn't a great quarterback class. Yeah. Well, he believes but it doesn't really Sam. make believe Like Darnold. Sam Darnold's good. He likes Darnold.
1: No, we know Sam Darnold's bad. We have seen that over and over. Like we, he's probably bad, but he's we know also, he has
2: been bad. Yeah.
1: Yes. Um. Whenever I do the projections with Sam Darnold, I always feel bad because, like, if you just look at the numbers and you use those to predict the future, which is what projections generally do, Sam Darnold looks like he's like twenty-five percent worse than every other quarterback in the league.
0: He's been, he's been the worst quarterback in terms of passer rating since he's come in the league. Yeah, Sam Darnold. So, again, if you have a playoff roster in 2021 outside of quarterback, which one do you choose? Darnold, 49%. Bridgewater, 38%. Drew Locke, 5%. Sea results, 8%. And let's... Uh, see results is the right answer <laughs> to that poll. <laughs> the results are you didn't get very far in the playoffs. Those are the results you see. Yeah. So... Uh, who do you think we should probably be talking about Antonio Brown first? But this is fine. Who do you think is going to be the starting quarterback? It was only a sixth round pick they gave up for for Darnold uh, or for Bridgewater. Heath, what do you make of this for the Broncos?
1: I think it's a great move by the Broncos. Um, shouldn't have any impact at all on whether they select a quarterback in the first round, if that possibility exists for them. Um, especially, I think to get Fields, then they need to do that. Um, although that doesn't seem like John Elway's type. Um, but yeah, I think I think if they can get Fields, they should do it and he should be their starter. And if not, it depends on whether you want to have, take a chance on continuing to develop Drew Locke or not. If you're trying to make the playoffs, and I think they have a pretty good roster, they might have, if you just took away all the quarterbacks in the league and compared the rest of the rosters, the Broncos might have a playoff roster. Yeah. So I, I th- if you're trying to make the playoffs this year, you start Teddy Bridgewater,
2: without a doubt. I think... Drew Locke definitely starts the season as the starter, and I think Teddy Bridgewater definitely starts at least a few games. Um,
0: they're very different quarterbacks, I, I, Chris, aren't they? I mean, this this would have what a, a field fall yes. tool. They're, they're basically polar opposites. Uh, well, I don't know if that's maybe a little strong, but they're very different yeah. quarterbacks and how do you think it would affect the wide receivers?
2: So, I think Drew Locke... I'm trying not to be too mean, but I'm pretty low on Drew Locke. I think his comp is kind of Jameis Winston, but like 65% as talented because he makes a lot of the dumb throws that Jameis Winston does, but he doesn't have the actual, like the same arm talent to actually get away with it as often as Jameis did. Um, So I I think he's probably better for the wide receivers there than Teddy Bridgewater just because I think he'd be more willing to take. The the deep shots. And you know, last year Bridgewater actually was like middle of the pack in terms of uh attempt rate over 20%. He was just really bad at it. And the one thing that sticks out to me is yes, he's a solid quarterback. Like you look at his career yards per attempt, 7.3, it was 7.6 last year. That's all good. He's got a 3.4% touchdown rate for his career. Like last year's 3% touchdown rate actually wasn't that much lower. Than his career rate. And I think at this point, you know, 1,500, 1,600 attempts in, that's probably who he is. He's probably someone who can get the job done for the most part, but you're always going to be leaving points on the field with him as quarterback. Locke, you're definitely leaving points on the field with him as a quarterback when if he plays as poorly as he has so far. But there's still the potential that he can, you know, turn into kind of a a middling quarterback, but who has, you know, that gunslinger approach that can be good for fantasy receivers. You know, maybe a, I don't know, a Ryan Fitzpatrick type.
0: Mm-hmm. Heath, I want to finish up here. Uh, basically, how how might your projections change on the Broncos after this?
1: I just don't know why anybody thinks Sam Darnold is any good at all.
0: <laughs> he makes a lot of really good throws. He's got a lot of talent. He has yeah, moments he where just, you fall in love with him.
2: flashes really, yeah. really high. Right. Like he does these like random super athletic plays. And and I think there's also just the, well, he's leaving Adam Gase fact. Yeah. Like I think right. that's a big part of it.
1: Um, I don't anticipate this will change the projections for any of the Broncos.
2: Okay. Well, but um, if, if but anything, it gives
1: them a better floor. I don't okay. know that it really impacts their ceiling, but if Drew Locke doesn't get any better at all, they should have better quarterback play this year than they did last year.
0: Sure. Okay, we'll get to Antonio Brown in a second. I want to remind everybody during the NFL Draft, all three days, watch YouTube.com/slash Fantasy Football Today for the entire NFL Draft live coverage, fantasy analysis. YouTube.com/slash Fantasy Football Today, and make sure you're checking this feed because we'll have episodes for you after day one, day two, and day three. It'll be late nights, and we're going to uh, we're looking forward to it. Uh, and join our Facebook group right now. Enter our NFL Draft contest. Just tell me what you think the first ten picks are going to be—the players. You don't have to give me the teams, just the players in order. And uh number them, obviously, if you edit your comment, you will be disqualified. so do not edit your comment, but go to Facebook and just look for fantasy football today, or you can click the link in the episode description. uh all right, then let's get to the news and notes and w- other than the buccaneers quarter or the sorry Denver quarterback situation. let's go to the buccaneers uh, I'm annoyed I'm annoyed at and from a fantasy standpoint. I found them to be. Really difficult to predict and project on a week-to-week basis with Antonio Brown. And now he's back on a one-year deal. And if you want the numbers, during the seven game... Now, Mike Evans got hurt in week 17. and He played like 16% of the snaps. Antonio Brown had a huge game. with And Godwin did too, I believe, with uh, Evans out. So if you look at the seven games in the regular season that they all played together, Mike Evans was by far the best. He was a top seven wide receiver. Chris Godwin was wide receiver 25 in both formats. Antonio Brown was wide receiver 50 in non-PPR and wide receiver 42 in PPR. Those were not including week 17, weeks nine through 16, uh, seven games that all three wide receivers played and stayed healthy. Uh, But then in the playoffs, Chris Godwin had a lot more targets than Mike Evans. It was just weird. So... Uh, Heath, what do you think about this move with Antonio Brown coming back? And what does it mean for Godwin and Evans?
1: I don't like it, and I have not updated my projections yet, um, which is disappointing, I know. <laughs> Bad job by me. Um, but like, I had kind of just always tried to behave in my mind as if Rob Gronkowski and Antonio Brown and Leonard Fournette were all, not all going to come back because they all make the situation so much worse and so much more complicated. And with all three of them back, it's just absolutely awful. Like, Antonio Brown technically led Tampa Bay in targets per game and receptions per game last year. He had more targets per game and receptions per game than Mike Evans and Chris Godwin.
0: Um, yeah, oh, oh, but not in the seven games, but it, per just per game, the 16 games that Evans played, the 12 yeah. that Godwin played, the eight that Brown played.
1: Yeah. Right. Um, and so... <clears throat> I'm this is going to make it to where I project Mike Evans and Chris Godwin to both be busts.
0: Looks like Chris sure. has a swan on his desk.
1: Just yeah. almost certainly. And it's probably gonna to move Tom Brady into my top eight at quarterback. That's interesting.
0: Okay, so Chris Godwin and Evans to be busts. So where do you have well, them? C- certainly. If they get drafted where? Um
2: I assume top 15, they where they've both been going. Be-
1: drafted in the first 3 rounds.
2: Yeah, they've both been going top 15 at the position. So I will not have either of them in the top 4 rounds. Yep. Same. I hate this. I hate I I kind of hate this offense with the I don't think I'm going to have anybody on this offense except Tom Brady. There is just there is no clarity on roles, there is no clarity on hierarchy. There's a lot of skills overlap. There there's just could be the best like, offense have, in football, though, Chris. That's the problem. Right. Right. But they
0: have.
1: You should draft them best ball for sure. They'll be very good in best
2: ball. Right. There will be big weeks for all of them. There will be yeah. weeks where Mike Evans scores, you know, multiple touchdowns. But like, he was wide receiver fifteen last year. I think no. Uh, that was scoring oh, twelve per touchdowns game? per game. I think so. Yeah,
0: per game he was sixteen in PPR. Overall he was eleven.
2: It's yeah, a little, that was, like I
0: said, he left that one week, but yeah, 16 per game and 11 overall.
1: That's with 13, that 13 was touchdowns. scoring
0: 13
1: touchdowns. Yeah. 13 on 109 targets.
2: Right. And like, yes, it's a great offense. And yes, Mike Evans historically has been someone who catches a lot of touchdowns. But Mike Evans is also a really good example of why you shouldn't expect outlier touchdown totals to sustain from one year to the next. Remember his rookie season? I think he had nine. Uh, right. He's had like, he had one season, I think where he had 12 and followed it up with three. I want to say like, I think that was his rookie been, season or his
1: second, um, his
0: second season. It, he had the big dip.
1: This is the third time in his career. He's had at least 12 two touchdowns. The prior two times he scored five or a few the following season. So you and should bet on Mike Evans scoring five or fewer touchdowns <laughs> next year.
2: I have him projected for <laughs> seven and a half. I think eight is the, the right number to set that.
0: You know the well, guy I would take is is Antonio Brown. I I, mean, I'm, I don't really want to. Depending draft on him, how late he goes, but yeah, but I don't know, man. I mean, they're so good. they're so good. Well, here's the thing: I don't think they're going to be drafted in the top fifteen anymore, because everyone's going to feel the way that that we're feeling, or at least fantasy analysts are going to feel the way that we're feeling right now, and they're going to fall in the rankings. So once you, if you guys start getting to round four, and you're looking at them, and you're looking at DJ Moore and you know, I, I think it becomes a lot more interesting if you can give me 110 targets for Chris Godwin or Mike Evans, then I think you're going to get a top 20 receiver there for sure. You don't think so? Because
1: um, they'll score no. touchdowns.
0: Because what did he throw? 42 touchdowns last year. Not so if let's, he was
1: 16th with 13 touchdowns on 109 targets. I bet he was. 110 little ho- targets is not enough.
0: I bet he was a little higher than that. Honestly, if you take away Week 17, but but I know that you have to do that to everybody. It's it's not the easiest thing. But I I think that they're going to throw. A lot of touchdowns. They're going to throw a lot of passes, and they're probably going to be among the league leaders in touchdowns. Especially with so many mobile quarterbacks are rushing for touchdowns. Tom Brady's not going to do that, right? Wouldn't you think the Bucks are going to be among the league leaders in passing touchdowns?
2: Yes, yes, for sure. Yeah, but not. What was it? Forty-two. 40, I think he got to forty last year, right? Yeah, I bet. He, I bet he gets to forty this year. I oh, was seventeen Definitely games. Yeah, set uh, in seventeen games, maybe, but it's. Forty. I think this offense probably isn't going to be quite as good as it was last year. Generally speaking, when you're talking about the top offense in football, it's very rare that the top offense in football is the top offense in football two years in a row. Obviously, you know, the Chiefs were number one in 2018. I think they've been fifth and eighth in the last two seasons in points per game. So like they'll probably be like the fifth best offense in the NFL next season. There's nothing wrong with that. That's still really, really good. But But who's throwing more touchdowns? Because
0: by the way, they threw 42. He threw 40 and Blake
2: Everett threw two. But it's not just who's throwing more touchdowns than Tom Brady. It's how is he distributing those touchdowns? How many touchdowns will there be? I would think there's going to be, you know, like last year, there were three guys who had seven touchdowns on that team. And that's with Antonio Brown getting four and eight games. I think you're probably going to have four guys get you know, six plus touchdowns. It's also with Howard two in like five games. Yeah. yeah and he's going to throw to Giovanni Bernard near the red zone. Um, you know, like that, this is just, it's an incredibly crowded offense and it's going to be really good. I just, I don't know how anyone's going to stand out enough to justify, um, you know, drafting them as like high end starters for sure. I don't think there's any way.
0: Right, but if you start talking about okay, Kenny Kenny Galladay or Mike Evans, that's easy, right? Evans? Or is not uh, easy? <laughs> Golday Galladay. Really? Yeah, like I it's just that Evans just, has been so good his entire career. He's never had less than a thousand
2: yards. You know? It's hard to bet against him. Right, but he got re- like he needed a Big game at the end to get there last year, right? He got one hundred and a thousand and six last season. Missed the game, and that was with one eighty-one and one ten in his final two, in two of his final three games. And then in the playoffs, he averaged fifty-one.
0: <laughs> yeah, the playoffs, the playoffs were discouraging. They had I was a really, hoping this would happen.
2: What I just uh, don't think it's. I don't know if it's discouraging as much as it's just acknowledging the reality of this offense. There's not going to be a real number one wide receiver.
0: It's interesting. What?
2: Go ahead, Heath. I, or a number one running back.
1: I just uh, updated my projections. They will be updated again, but for now, 110 targets for Mike Evans. Hey, all right. 1,014 receiving yards, so he gets to keep that streak going. Um, I've got him right around wide receiver 30.
0: Oh, 30. All right, so actually, exactly I, I have to apologize because I, I was doing 110 based on 16 games. So I was. I would need more than one hundred and ten
2: for. I have him for one eighteen. Yeah, that would sound right. No way. Does Mike Evans twenty four?
0: No way does Mike Evans get one hundred and eighteen targets and finish his wide receiver
2: thirty? No way. Everybody's getting one hundred twenty targets this year. Yeah, like one hundred eighteen targets. That's uh, that is thirty third in the NFL in in my projections. So I just, it's like but yeah, his quarterback really is so good, good. On Per target basis. He's going to have really, really big games, but I just don't think he's going to be a reliable week in week out. Uh, he'll be a fringe number two wide receiver. Who's really disappointing. A lot of the times I think
1: also, this, this is a good time since you said that Adam, and I'm going to say that's a lot this off season. Um, I said it a lot last off season. If a player is at wide receiver 30 in the projections, and he plays 16 games and hits in his projection. 17. He will fit 17. He will finish as a top 24 wide receiver because yeah. at least yeah. six guys ahead of him won't.
0: Sure. Okay. So, yeah. uh, how about? Would you rather have Juju Smith-Schuster or a Bucks wide receiver?
2: I know Heath is a lot higher on Juju than I am. I have both Evans and Godwin ahead of Juju.
1: I have Juju ahead of all Bucks wide receivers.
0: Jamar Chase goes to the Bengals. Jamar Chase or a Bucks wide receiver?
2: Uh, probably both Godwin and Evans. Definitely Godwin. That would be a pretty crowded uh, receiving court too.
0: Would you rather have Antonio Brown or a 49ers wide receiver? Oh, two different 49ers receivers. Yeah. I do wonder how good Antonio Brown is. I he's gonna be thirty-three this year, right? Thirty-two or thirty-three. Uh I'll check real quick. He's gonna be thirty-three. And he July. looked pretty awesome last year. I know. Year. I'm wondering if he could actually
2: be the best wide receiver on the team. Brady did look for him more, and that and that's the the like I don't it, it's kinda of like Pittsburgh. I don't think Deontay Johnson is their best or most talented wide receiver. I think he's probably third. But Roethlisberger just keyed in on him so much and you know, there were definitely times like that with Antonio Brown, too, although playoffs for him also, not super encouraging.
1: What's the most yeah. yards Tom Brady could throw for without the Bucks having a 1,000-yard receiver? <laughs> That'd be fun if he threw for like 4,800 yards and none of them hit a 1,000.
0: Let's move on to our next topic here. We got to get to our emails. Denver acquired Teddy Bridgewater. The Saints are looking to trade up. For cornerback Caleb Farley, according to Yahoo's Charles Robinson. We'll see if that's true. Baltimore has cooled on LSU wide receiver Terrace Marshall due to injury concerns. That's according to The Athletic. Washington acquired guard Eric Flowers from Miami for a swap of seventh-round picks. Flowers could start, could be a backup. He's been a better guard, much better guard than tackle in his career. He was a total bust as a tackle, Eric Flowers. And Detroit inquired about the number four pick which is Atlanta's. They were inquiring so they could move up to take Jamar Chase, but the asking price was too high. That's according to ESPN. And Saquon Barkley is on track for week one, according to Adam Schefter, which I didn't realize was a concern. Yeah, I I don't think it
2: was really a question.
1: This could be wrong. um, And I'm not going to change my projection. I'm just emotionally feeling this. I hate it when there is a story about a player that we really didn't have any reason to think wouldn't be ready for week one, that he is expected to be ready for week one from a guy like, like a local guy, a local paper, fine. But Schefter or or somebody tweets that Saquon Barkley is on track for week one in April and I shiver.
0: It's weird. (laughs) It's like he got hurt in week two. Why wouldn't he be ready for for the season? That's not a year-long recovery anymore.
1: It's kind of like if your wife just out of the blue says to you, honey, I would never cheat on you. (laughs) <laughs> oh, I didn't think you would. Why, why are you telling me this?
2: <laughs> and, you know, according to Dave Gettleman, they do have another three down back on their roster. That's right. So Devontae Booker, three down back. <sighs> no, I, I still have Barkley ranked fourth at running back. I, I, I don't really have any concerns. I mean, maybe we get to July and he's not running and then I'll be concerned, but I would imagine he's well on his way to recovery. I dropped an NFL draft
0: bold prediction on the tweet machine last night. And of course it was wacky and people didn't like it. My bold prediction was that Penne Sewell does not get drafted in the top ten. Five quarterbacks, three wide receivers, one tight end, and maybe a defensive player Adam, get taken. What that's
1: not a bold prediction that's called daydreaming about your team no no fortunate. i i wouldn't even
0: want that to happen I, I i wouldn't care that was
1: the best possible thing that could happen to the giants
0: i'd rather them take one of the wide receivers but well, okay for I mean, fan Justin purposes i fall. understand that but they have wide receivers one of the three wide receivers not not like Kadarius tony uh yeah so that's my bold prediction is that penne sewell falls out of the top 10 do you guys have an nfl draft bold prediction you'd like to share
2: The 49ers make a mistake. Is that not bold <laughs> um, enough? Is that kind of the consensus at this point?
1: Two. Two. The <laughs> Bears um, trade up, somehow get Justin Fields. Oh. And no running backs in the first round. Okay. Anymore. Ever. <laughs> <laughs>
0: All right, well, I do want to talk to all, you, to all of you about the CBS Sports mobile app. As you know, it's my go-to for live scores and breaking news. In fact, I was on last night, or every night basically, most nights anyway, I, before I go to bed, I check all the baseball box scores on CBS Sports on the app to make sure I'm not missing anybody for my fantasy teams. By the way, Chris, should I drop the should I drop Ian Kennedy for the closer for the Royals?
2: Josh Stelmont? Yeah. Uh, depends if you're in one of my leagues. Yes. Don't. <laughs> Keep being Kennedy.
1: Did you guys know that the Royals have the best record in baseball?
0: Yeah, dude, they, they, their lineup is awful. None of them are hitting. It must have just great pitching.
2: <laughs> oh, yeah, they're due to be even better. I guess so. <laughs> I mean, yeah, there's, there's no way Jake Junis comes back down to earth. This is good fantasy football podcast. Yes,
0: right? anyway, the CBS Sports mobile app For the NFL draft, uh, all right, I I wanted to let you in on a little football fan hack here. If you don't have the app, you can download it at your mobile app store. The CBS Sports app is always totally free. Once you have the app, or if you already have it, make sure your NFL team news and draft alerts are turned on via the settings screen. It takes about five seconds. You'll not only get updates on each pick your team makes, but also when the pick is in. Breaking news if your team makes a big trade and lightning-fast analysis like draft grades and player comps on each of your favorite team's draft picks. The CBS Sports app is the best way to never miss an NFL draft moment, so if you haven't yet, fire open the CBS Sports mobile app and get your mobile war room ready ahead of the action on Thursday. I asked for some NFL draft tweets. I got one, so that's disappointing people,
2: but it was, to be fair, only like a half hour before the show. Well, that's because they, they were they were their draft tweets and they didn't send them out. I was confused. Left yeah. them in draft. <laughs>
0: that's good. Alright, from Ray. Ray Saja Jr. If the Packers draft a wide receiver, where would he be ranked and how does that ranking change with the individual player? Assuming it's not Chase, Smith, or Waddle. Or Waddle. Uh, how would you rank a wide receiver that the Packers take in round one?
2: Off the top of my head, I would think it would be very unlikely any of them would rank in the top 50 at wide receiver.
1: I was going to say they would be between 40 and 60.
2: Yeah, that there's just not a lot of targets uh, to go around there. It's not going to be a high-volume passing offense. Devontae Adams is going to get 30% of them off the top. That's the question. I mean, what if that's 25%? Uh. I think it would be a bad decision given how good their offense has been funneling that many targets to him. Um, and, you know, I don't think you would want to take targets away from Devonte Adams for any rookie wide receiver. If you're going to take targets away from the passing game, from the running backs, Aaron Jones, or any of the tight ends or Alan Lazard, I think that makes sense, but I think it would be a bad decision. And I don't think the Packers would do it to take any targets away from Devonte Adams.
0: I would be more excited. It's, it's so
1: weird because they have a combination of like, they're one of the only teams that each last three years has been below 300 pass attempts to wide receivers and also has like the number one wide receiver target per game guy other than Michael Thomas. So there's just not yes. wide receiver targets to give.
2: They're yeah, one of the few I, well, teams that still uses their wide receiver one the way teams did 10, 15 years ago. Like there aren't that many guys who get 28% of the targets anymore, but the the Packers really do use him like that. But they also are one of the, like
0: I said, it's been since 2002 since they've drafted a wide receiver in the first round. They have garbage wide receivers. So if they get, I don't think it'll be Kadarius. Maybe it's Kadarius, Tony, who knows? If they get Rondell Moore, Kadarius, Tony, somebody that comes in and can instantly be much better than M- MVS and Alan Lazard, then, uh, then I'd be more excited because I would just look at a situation where the targets might not be great, but the production per target could be a lot better than other wide receivers in that range. So I guess I would make Justin Jefferson comparisons. Not that I would think the impact would be the same, but I thought Justin Jefferson could easily step into the number two target role. And that's what I would see for someone with the Packers. And maybe it's a uh, hundred target, 90 to 100 targets in 17 games. And maybe it's six or seven touchdowns or something like that. And I, I don't know that I'd rank them much higher than 40 or anything, but... I'd be more excited. I think I just want pieces of great offenses, you know?
2: And if you get a talented player with Aaron Rodgers, I'm in. Yeah, and, and you know, to go back to the Tampa Bay point, you know, we're talking about them as if everyone's going to stay healthy. That's not going to happen. It's the same thing with Green Bay. Like, if they do draft a wide receiver, Devontae Adams has missed, he missed four games in 2019. Uh, he's missed time over the last couple of seasons. So, you know, there's a possibility that, that, that there's a, a significant role there. Alan Lazard has obviously struggled to stay healthy. MVS hasn't exactly uh, you know, made a great case for staying on the field. So there could be an opportunity there for sure. Um, oh. It would just be like I wouldn't count. I wouldn't expect anyone being drafted there to be a starting caliber player. They would have to and earn that. Sure. Yeah, of course. And
1: like the Justin Jefferson comparison, I, I want to make sure I um, state how outlandish that is. Like 75% of his volume, which is what you're talking about with 90 to 100 targets, and at best, 90% of his efficiency, because Justin Jefferson can't even maintain that efficiency. Um, You're talking about a guy that catches 60 passes for 900 yards and five touchdowns. Yeah. Well, I I think that's possible, but that's not a top 40 wide receiver. Um, in the projections. Now, at the end of the year, if he plays 16 games, he'll finish in the top 40. But yeah. 6905 as a projection is is uh, 45
0: to 50 right uh, Yeah, right. Like I said, I don't think I would rank... Th- I don't know if this makes a lot of sense to most people, but it makes sense to me. I'm not saying I'd rank the guy higher, but even when you look at rankings, there are certain players that I'm more excited to draft because I feel like there's more upside, I guess. Sure. And that's... I would probably Yeah, there's be a just, difference
2: between rankings and projections.
0: Yeah, I would just be more excited about the upside of the number 2 receiver on the packers then i might be of uh, who's in that range who's 45 for you um uh, antonio, antonio brown, brown. <laughs> antonio so i would probably uh, take it denzel mims, it totally mims tyrell yeah, oh, right. williams Dem- denzel M- i would take the number 2 guy on the packers way ahead See? of of the number 1 wide receiver on the jets or the lions
1: he would probably be about as talented as denzel mims with wow. less target
0: opportunity. We don't know how talented... Uh, we, we know that Denzel Mims was like a combine star, and I'm interested there. But I I guess I can't... We don't know how talented wh- no. this fictional rookie wide receiver is either. <laughs> Correct. <laughs> we don't. You're right,
1: but... um, Like Michael Gallup. It'd be the same range as like a Michael Gallup or a LaVisca yeah. Chenault. Like those kind of guys... J- you want Jerry?
0: Yeah. Well, I happen um, to like Kadarius Tony a lot. That's where if it, is if it, if it were Kadarius Tony, I would be very excited. Let's put it that way.
1: I think that's fair. Yeah. If that's why I said 40 to 60, to, and it would depend on how much I liked him before the draft. Um, but that's it's probably better to just say 50 and, and not factor that cool. in.
0: Cool. <laughs> 50 it is. Let's take a break here on fantasy football today when we come back. Um, we will read your emails, cbsi.com. By the way, more NFL draft coverage. The Pick 6 podcast is where you want to be. We've got the fantasy analysis. They've got everything else. The Pick 6 podcast, check that out. They are all over the NFL draft. Beforehand, if you want rankings and mock drafts and all that thing, you're going to hear from Ryan Wilson. You want a gambling spin on it, prop bets, those types of things, the Pick 6 podcast is your home for that. We'll be right back on Fantasy Football today. Let's read your emails. Thanks a lot for sending them in. And we've got one from Josh from a town west of Minneapolis. We will say San Francisco. He needs to keep one of these three. He's already keeping McCaffrey and Devontae Adams. James Robinson in the third round, Keenan Allen in the sixth round, or David Montgomery in the seventh round.
2: It's probably... I would guess it's Allen. I think I have him ranked higher than Montgomery. Although, do you have to make a a decision before the first two days of the draft? Because after the first two days of the draft, it could definitely be James Robinson. Yeah. Yeah. uh, But for three rounds higher,
1: I'm probably between, I'd probably go Allen and PPR and Montgomery and none.
0: But. Okay. Uh, This is from Mike D. He is from the Apple and Hop capital of the Pacific Northwest. Which I assume is Seattle, because he says, Dear Sean, Gary, Detliff, and Nate from a series Thunder. What? Thunder? Going ah. thunder. <laughs> from a series of trades of current and future rookie draft picks. I now own the first and second overall picks in a 10 team Superflex Dynasty startup draft. From the second round on, I will pick eighth uh, in a snake draft, and I lost my third round pick from one of my trades. Uh, but he does have the first two picks. So should I start QBQB, startup, Superflex Dynasty, or elite running back? or What What do you guys think? What would you do with the first two picks, 10-team, Superflex Dynasty?
1: I'd probably go Mahomes McCaffrey.
2: Oh, the start? Okay, yeah, startup draft, yes. Okay, that makes sense. Sorry. I thought he was talking about a rookie draft. Yes, Mahomes and McCaffrey.
0: From Jack, I have the second pick in a 10-team PPR two-receiver league uh, with a flex. My first five picks are pretty locked in. This is a very open question here. Round six through 12, who are some players you would target? So that would be picks 51 and on. PPR, what do you think? <laughs>
2: <This> was- um... <laughs> Uh, <laughs> so I'll just say like some players I'm higher on than the consensus in that. See, there range. you go. Look at the laugh of the guy. One he... of my favorite players from that range. Laughing at the I guy. I chose I'm, this email. <laughs> I'm probably higher on the consensus than Curtis Samuel, probably on Corey Davis as well. Um I'm probably higher on the consensus than the consensus on Mark Andrews. Uh, yes, Robbie Mark Andrews Anderson, is a good one. You like Debo, um, Debo, right? C Lamb probably doesn't make it to that. Yeah, I, I like Debo a lot. Uh, I have him as the 49ers number one wide receiver or number one for fantasy and uh, actually a top 20 wide receiver. Um, uh. So yeah, I like him. <laughs> Juju if he makes it there. I still think there's room for Marquise Brown to break out.
1: I'm taking um, Kareem Hunt in that range again.
2: Yeah, seems okay. Yeah.
0: Once you get to the 80s or so, I like Tyler Boyd. Yep. Yeah, yeah I think he's going to be undervalued. E-
1: even if they take a receiver tomorrow?
0: Yeah, I think so. I, I think he'll have his role. I think he'll be... I'm yeah. just going to keep comparing him to Julian Edelman. Kind of a little, you know, 85% of Julian, Julian Edelman at his best.
1: Yeah, I think... Mm, I'm sorry. I'm going to say this out loud. And uh hopefully George is not listening to today's podcast. But... uh I think Tyler Boyd's better than Julian Edelman.
0: Yeah, In fantasy, though? I mean, Julian Edelman is... No,
1: but just right. like saying Tyler Boyd could be 85% of anything Julian Edelman doesn't sound
0: right.
2: I don't know if I agree. I mean, Edelman yeah, is Tyler, borderline Tyler Hall of Boyd's, Famer Tyler Boyd's not going to make the Hall of Fame, Heath. Like 100% lock Tyler Boyd. <laughs> well, I'm sorry Hall he was fame,
1: born at the so, wrong place, wrong time, and didn't um, get to play with Tom Brady.
2: Yeah, the thing with this range that I'm realizing is there are like no running backs that I like in this range. Right. Um, like it's either I'm going to take multiple running backs inside of the top 30 or I'm probably not going to take a running back until late. So this is a really this high kind of highlights why that's my approach, which is the wide receiver options available after pick 50 are so much better than the running backs who are likely going to get pushed up into that range because that's what always happens is there's going to be, you know, David Johnson's and, James Connors and guys like that getting pushed up, you know, whoever the Steelers starter is, if they don't get a a good rookie, those guys are going to go in this range because that's what always happens. And you're better off targeting wide receivers in the 50 to hundred range. And that's also where you should probably get your quarterback in a non super flex league. Um, And, you know, maybe your tight end, if you don't go with one of the big three. And I got to tell you, I, this was the best question we read so far, Heath.
0: It was a yeah, heck was of really a good. conversation that we had. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I got some
1: more projections to update it.
2: You put Tyler Heath, Boyd in the, it, he, in the Hall of Fame. Lemons out of lemonade, my guy.
0: Come yeah, on, yeah. there you go. Oh, boy, do I hate lemonade. Uh, Sean says, happy grill season. Yeah. That's always right.
2: grill season for Heath. Always. No South Florida, yeah.
0: I've been offered Allen Robinson, Keenan Allen, and some points in a salary cap league for Tyreek Hill. Half PPR, would you give up Tyreek Hill to get Allen Robinson, Keenan Allen, and some salary cap points?
2: Oh, man. I think you'd have to. Yeah, that's a good haul. Like, two, two top 12-ish wide receivers. I know Tyreek Hill's amazing, and especially in half-point PPR, that's an even better format for him, relatively speaking. But, like, two, two top 12 wide receivers and you have an additional flexibility in your budget to, like, push... An, uh, an elite running back for three extra dollars. I, I think that's probably the the right move. Yeah,
1: I was looking. I I think even like without the points, the trade yeah. chart would say um, Allen and Robinson are are more valuable. So, boys got to get a premium when you take multiple players over the best player. And I think this is enough of a premium.
2: Yeah, it's not like you're getting two like mid range wide receiver twos. These guys are both probably wide receiver ones. Uh, Or pretty close. Okay. This
0: next email is where it's at. This is from Daniel W. He is a longtime listener and a fan of all the CBS analysts except Heath, who claims to be the number one Kansas City Chiefs fan. I think I could beat Heath in Kansas City Chiefs history trivia.
1: I have never claimed to (laughs) be the number one Kansas City Chiefs fan. Um, I had almost stopped cheering for any football team before they drafted Patrick Mahomes. Um, now, so Daniel, you're a front runner. I really want to say this damn Daniel,
2: (laughs) (laughs) by the way, how many
0: Kansas city Royals games have you watched this year?
1: How many Royals games have I watched this year? Yeah. I have watched as many Royals games combined as I, I have watched other
0: teams' games oh, this year. So zero. Yes, I really like baseball. Yeah. I didn't know how much I'd what like. What happened to baseball you, baseball? Without being you, went, on the show, you You're
2: too big for baseball now. You're too big time. I'm huh? not at all. It's just they got you on the FFT pod full time now, <laughs> and you can't. You don't even think about baseball.
1: I don't have an MLB subscription anymore because I don't do anything baseball related, and I they don't show. Royals games in South Florida. I'm, Dude, I'm turn not going to watch the, network. I'm going to watch the Marlins.
2: Yeah. Yeah. The Marlins team. have an exceptional pitching staff. Heath, you haven't watched Trevor Rogers yet. You don't maybe know I'll what watch, life is like.
1: Maybe I'll watch their road games, but their their uh, home stadium is too unappealing.
0: You know, that's a really... Uh, so this is a mailbag show. We make our own rules here. The Marlins baseball stadium is so ugly on the inside so hideous to look at the walls the the uh, turf
2: it's just it's, Adam can I can I tell you something? What? I went to a Yankees game recently. Yeah. Oh You no. know what stadium Yankee Stadium reminded me most of? Oh no. Marlins Park. No, I don't see any yes. similarities. Oh, no. Yes. No.
0: No. I don't see any similarities. You got Ooh, nice Kentucky bluegrass fun. in the Bronx. I don't know what you got in it's just a, it's just like a grass. boring ugly stadium to look at and it makes for and the lighting I don't think the lighting is bad
2: it makes the lighting the lighting very yeah, bad. yeah but enough about bad. But, watch. En, but enough about Yankee Stadium Adam <laughs> alright here's the question uh, dear Russell Leaf Manderich and Couch I mean come on you're gonna say it's not boring at least Yankee Stadium is incredibly boring
0: when there are, are 2,000 fans there maybe because it's no, so cavernous no just I'm talking about the architecture it's it's I don't love it it's cavernous like we can agree it's that a Cleveland corporate stadium
1: is more beautiful than both
0: it's a corporate mausoleum Probably. It's cabins, fountains, yeah, the grass. Yeah. Uh, all right, um, I'm writing to make an observation that you guys have Clyde Edwards Elaire ranked too low. The Chiefs recognized, um, and learned one of the most difficult ways a team can learn the O line needed to be addressed. They need to protect their 500 million dollar investment, first of all, and need to start making defenses. Guess what they're going to do more? They haven't added really any running back talent as of yet. The Chiefs made a first round investment in Clyde Edwards zelaire they haven't made any upgrades to their defense. It seems the Chiefs, with the addition of of Long and Tooney and now Orlando Brown. They're protecting Mahomes and taking pressure off of their defense and going to improve their run game. Good point. Also, Adam, watch Pulp Fiction already. Another good point. I'll try to do that. But are you too low? Heath, are you too low? Number one Chiefs fan on Clyde Edwards-Elair? Where do you have him ranked?
1: I thought that the, the sentence I really liked the most was the Kansas City Chiefs recognize and learn in one of the most difficult ways a team can learn that they shouldn't have drafted a running back in the first ah. round. You're right. <laughs> That's not what it said. Um I have Clyde 20th, 21st, wow. something like that. You are too low. At uh running back, that like I if they get through the draft, um the first two days of the draft without selecting a running back, he will move up a little bit. But um, I'm sorry, I've got him 18th in PPR. But I don't know why I would rank him ahead of Chris Carson or James Robinson or Josh Jacobs or David Montgomery. Um, There's there's that many good running backs. And he's kind of right there on the border of the guys that I'm not sure – if they're good running backs or not. And I'm not sure if this is a good situation or not. They haven't added talent, but they did bring back the guy who played more snaps than Clyde in the playoffs. Um, he was hurting the playoffs. Yeah, but he
0: was
2: coming back from that injury. And it then in really, the Super Bowl, it, it he looked, was the guy. Yeah, and it looked like like the fact that he came back at all from that injury was pretty surprising. Yeah, he's
0: um, tough. What did, you, did you say he was the guy in the Super Bowl at him? At running back. Was he? Well, they ran. I think they ran the ball like four times in the first half. But then I remember he hit his over prop almost immediately. He had a big run at the beginning of the second half. Uh, it looked pretty. I thought good. Williams played more snaps in the Super Bowl as well. I, I mean, maybe because they were trailing by so much. But at halftime, they went right back to Clyde Edwards-Elleir, and he actually did some good things.
1: I could be wrong. Yeah, too.
2: I, I I have him as the number eleven running back. But Ooh. there is like a a real glut between eleven and. I don't know, there's 20 points separating 11 and 20 in the rankings for me, so or in the projections for me. So, you know, a touchdown here, a touchdown there could move one guy up or down, but I kind of think he's going to have a pretty healthy role in the passing game. You know, I have him for 53 catches. And I would guess that's there's a gap there between you and me.
1: Oh, for sure. Um, And I I think
0: that's a... What's that? You got to wrap it up. We'll, we'll move on after this. Good.
2: Yeah, I've got him at 44 catches. Um but I, that probably explains like if I had him at 44, he probably drops down like 15 points and is RB18. Yeah.
1: Um uh, no, I've got him 24 points behind number 16 Nick Chubb, so that wouldn't get me there, but yeah, it might, it might be close.
0: Look at this guy, man. He averaged he averaged 7.1 yards per carry against the Bucks. He had four carries in the first half and five in the second half. Nine carries for 64 yards. Daryl Williams had two carries. Uh Edward Zealer had three targets. Daryl Williams had seven targets in the game. All right, we got a few more questions to read here. This is from Steve, dear Don, Ted, Brian, and John. Hmm. Man, that feels so easy. Grade this Dynasty best ball trade. Give up 20, uh, 2021 picks 1.2 and 2.2. Oh, this trade actually changed. Damn it. He sent a follow-up email.
1: Don, Ted, Brian, and John. Like, there's not a lot of Ted's. Let me
0: come back to this one here. I'll come back to this one. I'll get the updated email. Sorry. Uh, Oh, it's...
2: (laughs) (laughs) All right. Did you hurt yourself? Did you pull a Sammy Sosa?
0: No, I was like, I was sneezing and I was scrambling to find the mute button and I just ran out of time, so I'm sorry. (laughs) It's uh, Don Shula, Ted Marchabroda, Brian Billick, and John Harbaugh. Okay, I'll come back to that one. Sorry about that. What do they have in common? Ravens. Uh, Or Baltimore, rather. Matt Wildstein Uh, from Northridge, California. Here's his team. Would you take Trevor Lawrence? I guess he has the first pick. Uh, What would you do with the dynasty pick? He has Jalen Hurts and Tua. It's a one quarterback league. He has Jonathan Taylor, Dobbins, and Antonio Gibson. Julio Jones, McLaurin, Claypool, Sutton. John Smith is his tight end. You take Lawrence?
1: Not a tight end premium league, right? No. Yeah, I, I, I think you need to go get Lawrence. You have two quarterbacks in a super flex league. And I'm not like there's a chance that we get to next year and neither of them are starters.
0: No, it's not, it a, was, it's it not a, a super QB flex league. league.
2: Yeah, I oh. I was thinking you should try to trade it for a really good youngish wide receiver. Because I think that's a bigger need for you. I think in a one QB league, it's not that hard to find a QB. But I'm sorry, you've got Julio Jones as your number one. You know, his dynasty value is very low. Uh, who was the number three? Terry McLaurin was number two. McLaurin, Claypool, Could, Sutton, Hollywood Brown. It's not bad. Debo. Oh, you got Debo. That's his number one, Chris. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, uh,
0: what do you I'd do, think, guys? You have the first pick. Uh, what do you do?
2: I'm taking Chase. I'd try to move it. If not, Chase makes sense. Yeah.
0: All right. Let's go back to the Baltimore email. So you give up picks one, pick 1.2 and 2.2 in this draft. plus. Um, Keyshawn Vaughn and Chris Herndon and you get back 1.9, 2.9 James Robinson and Marquise Brown.
2: I'll so, have a better yeah. answer for you after day two of the draft, but if the Jaguars don't add significant talent at running back, I think I'd probably do that.
1: And this is Superflex and he only has one quarterback um, I'm probably. I mean, he has Daniel Jones and Jameis Winston too. But, um, I'm probably not doing this deal.
0: Okay, yeah, because you want to take. Well, you're not going to get Trevor Lawrence
2: in all likelihood. Yeah, you take Fields or or Wilson.
1: Oh, his best running backs are are Chase Edmonds and Gus Edwards. <laughs>
0: Um, Well, would you rather have 1.2 or James Robinson?
2: It's kind of what it... I'd rather have Robinson. I, well... hmm. Depends on what the Jaguars do in the draft. If you don't have to make a call until Saturday, like if you can accept on Saturday, uh, then that will change my opinion. But if the Jaguars don't make a significant addition, I'd rather have Robinson than than 102. I think
1: I'll probably have Chase ranked higher than Robinson. Um, So I think I'd rather have 102. But man, you've got all those...
0: All right, let's go. Next email is from uh, from a man named Max in Manchester, UK. I just drafted Daniel Jones in the Superflex League, so I'm an Did honorary... you just search Daniel Jones when you pick the emails?
1: <laughs> 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 Every- <laughs> put Daniel Jones in the email, and it will get read
0: on this show. Subject line, Daniel Jones. I'm an honorary <laughs> Giants fan this year. All right, Max. Superflex League, what are your thoughts on handcuffing your quarterback? What do you think? Um, Depending how big the rosters
2: are. Yeah, like it's you'll have some draft, some backup quarterbacks get drafted in superflex leagues, but I'm I'm blanking on the the Giants backup. I know they signed somebody.
0: Uh, it's not Colt McCoy anymore. Who's their back? I don't know. I don't remember. I should know that.
2: I thought they signed somebody. Yeah, I think you're either right. way. It's unlikely to be a good enough. It's Mike Glennon. Sorry. So okay. if, it's unlikely to be a good enough player that you're uh drafting a backup for the Giants. That's not no, likely I, to be a good I, I, He was Offense talking about the backup general. will be
0: great. Yeah. Like Trubisky uh, right, right, and right. Buffalo, yeah, I think it, it, Mariota, Heineke, those are the three examples that he gave. Yeah, I don't. I don't usually do I it, but I see the logic. If you have big enough roster spots, go. We'll leave it at that. Uh, but what are your thoughts on handcuffing wide receivers on good passing offenses that you suspect will deliver if the starter goes down? Hill and Hardman, Cooper slash Lamb and Gallup, uh, Diggs and Davis for the Bills. What? Is this guy just stealing the I don't
2: friendship think you strategy. Should do- it's sort of the friendship. Well, I just. Strategy. I don't think you should. I don't think you should target them over guys who you think are better just because they're a handcuff for someone on your team. And I think that's true for running backs. I don't think you should target Alexander Madison just because he's your, your backup. Um, You know, it's gotta be a good player. Like I, I think we've kind of seen with Hardman that it's not necessarily, you know, if he'll goes down, he'll be awesome. Yeah. It's not a one, one, one to one fit. Hardman's fast, but he's not Tyreek Hill. They're different players.
0: I don't mind the concept, but I ideally, I you know, the friendship strategy was you take a wide receiver and then you take a wide receiver on his team that independently has value. You like the pick there. You're not just taking yeah. him because he's on his team. And then if the first wide receiver you took gets hurt, well, all of a sudden you just have an amazing value in the eighth round or whatever. It's, really like, sure. it's like
1: the Kareem hunt of wide receivers. Exactly. There's there's almost none of them are running back, but there's more of them at wide receiver.
2: Okay. And then finally, yeah, and I think it, there's probably more, more logic to it in a super flex league where the, you don't have to choose to start one of them.
0: Okay. From Colin, I run a 10 team, five keeper league PPR during the off season. I allowed trades, including draft picks and players. If a team wants to trade a pick for a player at the time of the trade, the pick must have an equal value of 30 picks within that player's value according to Fantasy Pro's PPR rankings. So for example, our first overall pick is technically 51st overall after factoring the keepers. So the best that can be traded for is the 21st overall pick. But we have a guy with Barkley, Adams, Kelsey, Taylor, Metcalf, Josh Allen, a lot of guys ranked highly. He says he's willing to trade anyone, but he's hampered by our rule. What do you think would be a fair addition to the rule to allow the ability to trade for a tailor who's a first-round value? But obviously, you know, I think you guys get the point. It's a good question. I
2: I think I speak for both Heath and I when I say get rid of the rule. Sure. Right, Heath? That sounds great. (laughs) Okay. (laughs) All right, I'm sorry. I I don't speak for Heath any longer. No, no,
1: I, I, one hundred percent. One, I'm sorry, I didn't express my uh, myself clearly. I'm, I'm one hundred percent behind that ruling.
2: There should be no, there shouldn't be like arbitrary limitations on what you can trade a player for. Let people okay. make trades that they want to make. All right, America. Okay, thank you.
0: <laughs> <laughs> Thanks, everyone. It's going to be a late week, uh, a lot of late nights, but it's going to be a lot of fun. We will talk to you after round one on Thursday night slash Friday morning. Thanks to Chris and Heath
2: and all of you. We will uh, see you then. Bye.